Thank you for joining us this morning. If you would stand, we'll continue with our song service. Psalms 115.15 says, You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. But we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. Brother Marshall, so would you open us in a word of prayer? Amen. Let's all take your hymn. Let's turn to hymn 432. Hymn 432. Angels of the Rams of the Lord.
all stand. Take your hymn, let's turn to hymn number 428. Came upon a midnight clear.
to the promise the timeless would step into time heaven laid in a manger it's nothing like we had in mind out of ages of silence the word has become flesh and blood in a baby is crying we hear the voice of our god all glory and honor all power and praise to the newborn of mary the ancient of days so humble and lowly so high and so holy our unexpected king nothing could have prepared us for god to pursue us this way lord of light enters darkness forever is forever changed all glory and honor all power and praise to the newborn of mary the ancient of days so humble and lowly so high and so holy our unexpected king long we held to the promise the timeless would step into time god you kept every promise it's nothing like we had in mind no he's nothing like we had in mind all glory and honor all power and praise to the newborn of mary the ancient of days so humble and lowly so high and so holy our unexpected king all glory and honor all power and praise to the newborn of mary the ancient of days so humble and lowly so high and so holy our unexpected king our unexpected
I don't know if this happened minutes after Jesus was born or a week after Jesus was born, but I do know the feelings of holding your first child in your arms. I bet, Stephen, you did. How can it be this baby in my arms sleeping now so peacefully the son of god the angel said how can it be lord i know he's not my own not of my flesh not of my bone still father let this baby be the son of my love father show me where i fit into this plan of yours how can a man be father to the son of god lord for all my life i've been a simple carpenter how can i raise a king how can i raise a king he looked so small, his hands and face so spare. And when he cries, the sun just seems to disappear. And when he laughs, it shines again. How could it be? Father, show me where I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the son of god lord for all my life i've been a simple carpenter how can i raise a king how can i raise a king he looks so small his hands and face so fair and when he cries the sun just seems to disappear. But when he laughs, it shines again. How can it be? How can it be? Well, amen. It's good to be in the Lord's house today and to have each one of you here with us excited about today. Today is a unique day. One, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, so that's kind of unique, right? Uh, so 12, 23, 23, one, two, three, one, two. Anyhow, I can tell that just overwhelmed many of you and you are just so taken by it, you've checked out for the rest of the service. But anyhow... Uh, if you would, take your Bibles and let's go to Revelations chapter 22. I thought, what better chapter to preach out of than the end of the book? I mean, it's the end of the year. Let's go to the end of the book uh, and do some preaching from there. I would remind you, as you're turning there, our uh, theme for this year has been faithful. Next week when you come in, uh, these banners will be gone. We'll have new banners with our new theme for next year. But uh, this year it's been faithful. 
to God, church, families, and making disciples. And our verse has been 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of the Son, Jesus, or His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And uh, we celebrated 55 years as a church uh, this last year. And so those were fitting and good. Um, but we want to end the year since we had our theme as faithful, thinking on faithful at the end of the year and what this year's been like. I don't know about you, but when 2023 started, I had all these dreams and all these thoughts of what the year was going to be like. And I'll just say that it, the end doesn't look anything like it did at the beginning. Okay? It just, it's like you make all your plans and God takes them crumbles them up, dumps them out, and that's where they are, you know? Um, but I'm glad that I've walked with God through 2023. And my prayer is that I'll continue to walk with Him in 2024, and that it'll be a closer relationship than it's ever been before. Now, as we come to the end of the year, you know, this is the time that people, you know, get out their notebooks, and they write down all their plans for the new year, um, I, I would encourage you as we get ready to leave 2023 that we leave it empty-handed, okay? That we let go of stuff that needs to be let go of so that we can, with new hands, grasp what the future holds for us. And so uh, let's leave behind those things that would drag us down, those things that would discourage us, disappointments and failures. Let's leave those things behind and let's embrace the new year that lies before us. If you found Revelations chapter 22, if you can stand with me in reverence to the reading of the Word of God, I'm going to read and you can follow along beginning verse number 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, crystal, or clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner fruits, and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. There shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. And there shall be no night there, I want to stop for just a minute because it's not a part of my preaching, but I found it interesting in my study where it says, uh, and his name shall be in their foreheads. The first thing that caught my attention was that during the rule of the Antichrist, the people take a mark on their hand or on their forehead so that they can buy and sell. That's how they're going to operate. I find it awful interesting. We get to the end of the book and the, every child of God has a mark on their forehead. Some believe this to reference back to the tabernacle when the priest would wear a mitre that said holiness to the Lord. Now, we don't preach a lot about holiness. I do preach about holiness. I'm afraid that many times we don't take holiness seriously, but I'm, I think in heaven it's going to be taken real serious. Okay? So the more that we can do to transition our life to holiness here, I think it's going to have benefits there. Just saying. Okay? So, verse 5, and, the, and there shall be no night there, and no need of candle, 
neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See, thou do it not. For I am thy fellow servant, and not thy brethren, and, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. I think that's a great phrase that we ought to zero in on. Worship God. And he saith unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star, and the spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I love you today and I thank you so much for my salvation. I thank you to know that uh, all those years ago when I called upon you to forgive me of my sins and to come into my heart and to be Lord and Savior of my life, you did that. I'm thankful to know that my salvation is secure I can't lose it. It's not going to be forgotten about. I'm safe and secure in the hand of Jesus. Thank you so much for that. Lord, we come before you today in needy people. We're getting ready to step out of one year and step into another if you tarry your coming. God, I pray that as we would make decisions and, and plans for what the new year holds, 
I pray first of all that you would work in our hearts right now and you would begin to break away those things that would hinder us from growth with you. Lord, as I go into 2024, I don't want to be what I was in 2023. God, I want to be more in love with you than I've ever been before. God, I want to walk with you closer than I ever have before. God, I want a closer relationship in every way. And help me to break down things that, that I need not to take with me. Help me get away, uh, away from bitterness and hatred and envy and lust and strife and all those things that are mighty weights that slow my Christian walk down. God, I want them to be gone. And I know your people here today want the same thing. Help us to develop marriages of true love and care for one another. And help us to throw out the pettiness and the junk that tends to hinder relationships. And Lord, help us to have strong homes this year. Moms and dads who love one another. and Moms and dads who take the responsibility of raising their children for real. Not just leave it and fluff it off to someone else to do. God, help us as men to be men who love you and desire to walk with you and to be leaders in our homes and to be leaders in the church and to be leaders among other men. Lord, help us to set out to be righteous and holy in our living and our attitudes and our actions and our thinking and our plotting, the things that we partake of. God, help us to walk away from the worldliness of the world. Help us to draw closer to you. God, I pray that you would be with the women of our church. We love them and appreciate so much the benefit that they are to our church. And Lord, they, we recognize they are not lesser citizens in any way. They are a vital part of this church. And I pray that you would give them a blessed year. I pray that you would give them wisdom beyond themselves. I pray, too, that they would break away from things that need to be broken away from, that they would be, seek after righteousness and holiness in their lives and their living. And we know that moms have a big influence upon their children. God, give them special wisdom and leadership and ability as they influence their homes for the cause of Christ. Might they embrace that with much joy. Lord, I pray that if there be one here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, that the greatest choice they'll make going into 2024 is to have you in their heart. Lord, might they make that choice today. Others who have made the choice but refuse the close relationship, God, break away all that junk that hinders them and help them to draw closer to you. Help them to seek you. Help them to want to know you. Help them to want to grow in grace and knowledge and truth. Take this message today. Drive it home in our open hearts. We'd ask the Holy Spirit just to have freedom in our lives today that you administer to our spirits and that your will would be accomplished in our hearts today. Thank you for your goodness and your love. God, we praise you. 2023 was a rough year in so many ways, and yet you were faithful through it all. Thank you for that. Have your will in your way in the preaching today. We ask these things in your wonderful, most precious name, everybody said, you may be seated. The last month we spent a lot of time preaching about the prophecies of the birth of Jesus Christ. I hope you realize that the, the intent 
that was cast in each one of those services, each, each time we preached, was showing a prophecy and a fulfillment, a prophecy and a fulfillment, a prophecy and a fulfillment. And it was with purpose that that was done. It was to show you the importance of this book that you hold in your hands. This is not the Reader's Digest. It's not the TV guide. I know they probably don't even produce the, the TV guide anymore. Uh, but uh, this is not your favorite magazine. This is the Holy Word of God. The Holy Word of God. As such, it ought to be reverenced in our life. It ought to be respected in all that we do. And when we read from the Word of God, we'll say, Yes, Lord, show me how to apply that to my life and to my heart. And so we talked about prophecy and we talked about its fulfillment. And the whole idea behind that is to show how God had, had set about this plan and that God has set about other plans in His Word. Matter of fact, as we read here today, you'd probably notice several times that word prophecy mentioned. As we look at the end of this book, first of all, isn't it exciting to know what the new Jerusalem or heaven's going to be like? Man, I, I thrill every time I read it. There's going to be crystal clear water. That means that no one's been up there messing it up. This is a picture of the water of salvation for the thirsty soul that's looking Lord, what's the meaning of life? Why am I here? Why am I going through this? God, God, you don't you have a plan for me? Is there not something? And he says, come and freely drink of the water of life. I think that that water of life doesn't just end at the moment that we drink it for salvation, but I think we're intended to continually drink of the word of God as we develop our walk with God. Here's the problem that I see in America today. The majority of Christianity is content with knowing that they're going to heaven. That's all they want. I've checked a box. I know I'm going to heaven. Ha! Everything's great. Now I can go ahead and live my life the way I want to. Can I just remind you that our lives are not to be content in this earth? That as much as we live a life here in this earth, we have a greater life to live this is kind of like the tune-up, the warm-up for real living. Real living happens at the moment of death or at the moment that Jesus Christ calls us to be in his presence. That's when real living begins. This that we live here upon this earth is full of trials and testings. And I want to just challenge you that those things are for our growth. Difficulty is to develop us. Now, I know you look at me and you probably don't realize the athlete that I am. Chris Peterson ain't got nothing on this. Always got a plan. I always got a plan. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm going to start. Tomorrow is the day. And that day that I step out and I start that plan, guess what happens the next day? Oh, that hurts so much. Why did I do that? What, what, what was I thinking? But it's about developing, it's about growing muscle groups and growing and developing. So it is in our Christian life. Listen, if our Christian life was all easy, we would really take for granted the blessing of what God is to us. Life is hard. Life is difficult. Hey, I'm sorry if someone told you that you'd get saved and everything would be great. Because that's not true. 
The only truth is the fact that when I go through the difficulties of life, there's one that goes with me. He holds my hand. He loves me beyond anyone else. I'm so thankful for my Savior. When everyone else would walk away from me, he's still there. When everyone would doubt me, he's still there. When all my friends would turn their backs, he's still there. He is the one that sticketh closer than a brother. He's the one that cares about what happens in my life. He's the one that says, look, Kevin, this is what I have planned for you. If you'll walk with me, if you'll let me work in your life, I've got some great things for you. But if I'm not careful, I listen to the wisdom of man. And I go, hi, you know, if I do all these things that God says, then I'm going to miss out on this, and I'm going to miss out on that, and, and this will not be the way I want it to be. And if I'm not careful, I'll excuse away all that God has for me, and therefore I never grow as a child of God. But the truth is, when hard times come, they're time for us to grow. They're time for us to strengthen our spiritual muscles, to become more like Christ. With that all said, I want to give you three thoughts today about the coming of Jesus. This is the second and final coming, okay? We're looking forward to a coming, Christian friend. We're looking forward to a coming called the rapture, amen? I hope it's today. Now would be fine. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm saved. I'm on my way to heaven. I'm prayed up. I'm ready to go. Let's go right now. Go to heaven. But there's a coming after that too. There's a coming where Jesus is going to come and establish a millennial reign and for a thousand years he'll rule and reign and we who are saved will rule and reign with him. I don't have any idea what that looks like, but it kind of scares me to death. But I know I'll be able to do it because at that point, I'll no longer be in an earthly tabernacle. I'll have the spiritual mind and well-being to judge correctly, and, and it'll be a good thing. After that, there's a battle. There's a great white throne judgment. At that point, those who are saved have already experienced heaven. Those that are not saved at the great white throne judgment, they're going to be judged and cast into the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. Then we come to chapter 22. And we who are saved are going to begin to take up residence in what is known as the new Jerusalem or heaven. And what a wonderful place it's going to be. Beyond our wildest dreams is what it's going to be. The greatest architect ever. He's in charge of it. The greatest builder ever is in charge of it. Think about the, the greatest place you've ever been on earth. Man, I've seen a lot of wonders overseas. I've been to the Grand Canyon that still just blows my mind mountaintop of a Colorado Rocky Mountain. I think of all these wonderful places that I've got to be and all the things that I've got to see. Can I tell you that heaven, this stuff's not even going to compare to what it's like? Oh, i got some great memories here, but I just can't even begin to fathom what, what heaven is like and the glories of it. 
but I'm ready to go. And so we have the, the wonders of heaven, and, and it's being prophesied here. This is the way it's going to be, and, and this is the things that you're going to find there. And then we come to verse number 6 and verse number 7, and we talk about the coming of our Lord, and our first point is this, is that he's faithful and he's true. In Revelations 22, 6, it says, And he said unto me, These sayings are faithful and true. The things that we read here in the Word of God, they are faithful and they are true. They are going to happen. Whether we want them to or not, they're going to happen. The fulfillment is coming. They're going to be fulfilled. And he is faithful and he is true. When I think about this saying of faithful and true, I realize that the whole Bible is faithful and true. And that it begins and it hinges off the faithfulness of God. God who is faithful has taken time to write to us his word, the Bible. That's pretty awesome. God, the creator of this world, has taken time to write for me the word of God that I might take it and love it and grow by it and, and gain wisdom and insight and understanding to who God is and how he wants me to live here upon this earth. You know, this world's got all kinds of ideas how we ought to live. And it's so amazing to me that the world is over here and it's saying you ought to do this, but God's over here saying you ought to do this. The world's over here and it's calling out, it's saying, here, here, do this, do this, act this way, react that way. And God's over here saying, no, this is the way, walk in it. This is the way you ought to go. God is faithful. He's taken time to write his word to us and uh, he's taken it and given it to us that we might take it and carry it with us and and read it matter of fact i wrote this the bible tells us how to live how to die how to love how to forgive he's written it all down in the word for us how how our lives can matter how they how, how they can come to some point and some meaning and how we can purposefully serve one another all of, it's, all of it's written in his book. The Bible tells us in Revelations 19, 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he that judge and make war. In Deuteronomy 7, 9, it says, Know, therefore, that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In John 1, 14, we read, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. I've heard people say, If I could just meet Jesus, I'd get saved. Read this book, you meet Jesus. He's the Word. He's the Word. All we need is this book. Our sight, our problem is our sight is so limited. But he loved us enough to give us this book. I'm telling you, that would be an exciting point for every child of God to be able to hold the Word of God in their hand. And it ought to be an exciting point in every child of God's life, the time that they've set aside every day to read it, to be in it. To grow from it. And then he uses the word true. So he's faithful and he's true. Second Corinthians, and by the way, wouldn't it be horrible if he wasn't true? I'm faithful and false. 
Because I like F's, I'm going to alliterate. I'm faithful and false. That'd be a real bummer. No, he's faithful and he's true. And so in other words, through his faithfulness, we can build upon the truth of his word. It's there to help us and to establish us. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 through 7. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed. But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. I'm afraid what happens a lot of times, people read that portion of scripture, they catch that word ministers and they check out because they think it's for me and Lalo. But the truth of the matter, ministers is what we as children of God are. We are to minister one to another. We are to minister the good news of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world in which we live. We are to minister the love of God through our lives to one another and to the world that they might come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. Faithful and true. Look at this verse, Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of our, your salvation, in whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah. I love that verse. When I accepted Jesus, when I, when I was presented the truth, and I exercised my belief in this truth, I was sealed by the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get lost. I'm not going to get forgotten about. I can get Alzheimer's today. Forget my name. Forget my wife. Forget I've ever pastored. Forget all these things, but that's okay because I'm secured. I'm sealed by the Holy Ghost. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 5. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that is not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Can I overemphasize for you any, any more that this is true? That we need it in our life? So I tend to read a lot of books. I think it's important if you're going to grow as a pastor, you need to read. It's just an avenue that needs to be done. But can I say that when I read books, I have to read thinking? Oh, that doesn't apply. That's, that, that, I, I see where he got that, but that's not really what, what I believe the Word of God says. I have to read it with kind of like eating watermelon, and I don't like watermelon. But when you eat watermelon, you spit the seeds, right? Or eating chicken. When you're eating chicken, you throw the bones away. 
many times when you read men's books, that's the way you have to read them. You take what you can and you throw out the rest. But can I tell you with this book right here, there's no spitting out to be done. It's truth. It's truth. We just need to read it and apply it. That's how simple it is. 2 Timothy tells us, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study to show thyself approved. Now, how much, how much does God love you? Have you ever thought to ask yourself that question? How much does God love you? Revelation 22, 6 says, in the latter part of that verse, And the Lord God of the holy prophets sent his angels to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. God loves you so much, he wanted to give you a leg up on it. You know, we can, we can pick up the paper today, or we can listen to whatever news broadcast you want, and it can be pretty discouraging, right? We got war going on here, we got war, we've always had wars going on. This guy, that war, and this war, and that war. And the problem is, if, if, if they would just be Bible believers and practice the book, there'd be forgiveness and and we wouldn't have all that war, but they're not. And so natural man, that's the way they think to solve things. I'm going to get mad. I'm going to get angry. I'm going to, I got my rights. I've got this. I've got that. And then a war starts. And all of a sudden we got wars and wars and wars and wars. It's not going to get any better. Don't let it surprise you. But it's not all of it. Soon over. Soon over. God loves you so much, he said, I want to give you the prophecies of this book so that you can know what the future holds, so you can live accordingly. God loves his people so much that he's given us his word to testify to us of the importance. <clears throat> As I was preparing this, I couldn't help but think of this one thing. I love the Christmas story, right? Here comes Mary and Joseph. They're on a the donkey. They come to Bethlehem. They can't find a place to stay. They go to a stable. They have baby Jesus, right? Check, check this out now. Check this out. They go to a stable, have baby Jesus. Now, if good Jews would have been reading the word that they had at that time, they would have known there was going to be a Messiah. And I'm telling you, they would have had the fanfare. Oh, no, no, come stay at, come stay at our place. No, I'll give you the finest and the best. I'll, I'll set you up here. Jesus wouldn't have been born in a manger if the Jews had been prepared for their coming Messiah. But the problem is, they're kind of like us. Oh yeah, you know, for years, you know, Brother Matt he's getting old. For years he's preached, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And when he's dead, if Jesus hasn't come, someone else is going to pick it up and they're going to preach, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But the problem is the majority of Christianity sitting around going, yeah, all right, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And so when he does come, there's going to be like total shock. Oh, he really did come. I can't, what am I doing up here? How did, what, what am I, what am I, what, it was real? But wouldn't it be great if we really practiced what the Bible said and we were anticipating and we're looking forward to the coming of Christ? Wouldn't it be great if we looked and we said, oh, maybe today, maybe today Jesus is coming. If only they'd been looking like that. At the time that Jesus was born, it probably changed everything. So, our second point is, behold, I come quickly. 
Now again, this is the second coming. The first coming is at the rapture. Well, actually, if we start relaying all the comings, his first coming was in Bethlehem. His second coming will be at the rapture. His, his third coming, if you would, or his second coming to this earth, because the rapture is in the air, the second coming to this earth is when he comes to set up his millennial reign. But anyhow, he says this, Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keep the sayings of the prophecy of this book. You want an extra special blessing that the majority of Christianity is not going to get? Be watching for his coming. Be watching. Because the vast majority of Christianity, they've checked out. Yeah, we go to church and we give some money and, and we sing some songs and we do this and we do that. But, you know, yeah, don't bother my life too much. I've got things going on. I've got a future to plan for. I've got, I've got grandkids. I've got retirement. I've got this. I've got that. Well, just be the guy that goes, hey, he could be coming today. This could be it. I, I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's going to be a special blessing for those. I come quickly. This is Jesus speaking, not an angel. And behold, in verse number 12, and behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work should be. Man's timetable appears that Jesus has taken his time. But I got to, I was speaking to someone about this today, and I said, you know, <clears throat> Jesus prophesied the coming, uh, or God had prophesied the coming of Jesus, and, and basically almost 2,000 years from the beginning of time till Jesus was born of a virgin. And now here we are, almost 2,000 years after his crucifixion, and he's coming, just saying, could it be today? I hope it is. Could it be tomorrow? That'd be fine too. But he is coming. So God's big timetable, everything's right on time. It's not necessarily on our timetable. It's on his timetable. He is coming. The third thing I want us to think about today is this, a faithful heart. As we wait on this coming Messiah and we wait on the second coming and we wait to go to heaven, we need a faithful heart. In Nehemiah 9, verse number 8, it says, And found us his heart faithful before thee. I say to his seed, and hast performed thy words, for thou art righteous. Here in reference, we find this individual, Nehemiah, having a faithful heart before the Lord. He was faithful in serving God. He was faithful in putting Him first. And we need a faithful heart. Here as we enter into 2024, let's have a faithful heart. Let's be faithful in our Bible reading. Uh, I had one guy actually tell me one time, you know, I've read through the Bible three times. I'm not going to read it this year. Where's that in the Bible? Where does it tell us to quit studying the Word of God? It doesn't. I love what Brother Quigley told us about his Mima, that she had read the Bible through like 40 times and gone on to the next time. Wouldn't it be great to have read the Bible 40 times? And I'll guarantee you, if you read it through 40 times, that when you read it the 41st time, you're going to find stuff that you missed in the previous 40 times? Because it's the living Word of God. And when we get to heaven, we're going to go, oh, yeah, I read about this. Oh, yeah, I read about that. Oh, yeah, I studied that. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Bible reading. 
as the time draws near, we should study the word more in depth. Knowing the word will not only let you see the future, Vincent knows, but it will give you peace of mind in the midst of utter chaos. The Bible helps remind us who is in control. Why do I read the word of God? To remind me that I'm not in control. He should be in control. And if I'm in control, I need to give that up and let him do it. The second thing we see about a faithful heart is that we ought to be praying. This should not just be a a one-time deal or three times as we eat. I'm talking about praying. The the Bible refers to praying as uh, praying without ceasing. Always able to pray at a a given moment. Always able to reach out to to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and make our requests known unto Him. You know, it's the greatest avenue of access that we have, and yet so, so little used among Christians today. I can call out to God with whatever my need is. Now, I would rather get on the Internet and have all those people pray for me rather than just pray to God and ask God to do His work, and we are to pray. Prayer ought to really be like our second language. I'm always amazed when I travel overseas. I don't care whether it's in Papua New Guinea or whether it's in the Philippines. I don't know how many people I've met in the Philippines that speak six to eight languages. And I feel so dumb because I'm an American and I butcher English all the time. But the six and seven, eight languages. And they don't have nothing. And you go over to the Philippines and these people are, I mean, to Papua New Guinea, dirt poor people living in dirt floored houses. And yet they'll have a couple of three languages that they know. And I'm like, here's this rich American, and I don't know nothing. But I, uh, I know this, that my second language ought to be prayer. I ought to know how to pray. If you were called upon to pray today, would the way you pray reflect how much you pray? The answer is yes. If you don't pray much, then you're hoping no one ever calls on you to pray. Oh, please don't call on me to pray. And yet, prayer is one of the easiest things we can do. Because it's talking to God. Like I talk to my wife. Hey, baby, how you doing? Got plans for lunch? Now you do. Hey, God, it's me. I got big trouble. I need you to help me. No one else here can help me. But you can. No one else knows the, the hurt in my heart, but you do. God, I know that you don't need me to call it out because you've seen it, but you'd like for me to lay my request before you. And so, God, I need for you to work here. And I need for you to intercede here. God, I need you to help me here. God, I want to be a better husband. God, I want to be a better pastor. God, I want to be, I I want to draw close to you. I want to have a more intimate relationship with you. I want to know you in a greater way. I want to know my Bible in a greater way. I want to be faithful to you. Faithful to you. Prayer ought to be a second language for us to just pour our hearts out. 
making those requests known unto God. And the third thing we need is church attendance. Church attendance. Hebrews 10.25 has been a faithful, faithful portion of Scripture I've preached over and over and over again. And it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is. So it's kind of an acceptable thing with a lot of people not to go to church. But exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is he talking about? The end. I see the end approaching. Hey, I need to be in church. I need to be challenged. I need to be encouraged. I need to draw strength. I need that, I need that message. I need the message this afternoon. Brother Lalo's going to preach. I need the Sunday school lesson that Brother Richard preached today. I need these things in my life. I need the house of God. And yet so many people look at the house of God and they go, eh, doesn't quite fit. I'm, I, I'm, you know, God, you know how busy I am. I was really busy on Saturday. So I'm, I'm going to skip Sunday school. I'll waltz in there right about church time. And then I got to get, I can't stay for the afternoon service. I just, I'm such a busy guy and got a lot to do. And you know, God's the end of the year and I got this to do and that to do. And yeah, you're missing out. Maybe I'd trim Saturday down and say, I'm going to do less on Saturday so I can be at church on time and worship God. I'm going to, I'm going to trim this out on Monday so I can be in church on Sunday afternoon, or I'm going to change my work around where I can get this done so I can be there, so I can be encouraged and strengthened by the Word of God and by fellow believers. As the prophecy comes closer to the fulfillment, we need the church more. We need the fellowship with one another. We need the encouragement of each other. Because the days are getting harder and faith is being tried more, we need one another that we might faithfully serve God. Lord, I love you today. And I thank you for your word. Lord, I realize it's probably not the most eloquent message I've ever preached, but yet it's an important one. Here are the prophecies that we saw all Christmas season about the birth of the Christ child, where he was going to be born, who was going to know about it, all those fulfilled. And yet, here we are with the Bible, and we know there's still something to come. God, help us to be ready and watching. Help us to be ready for the coming of Christ. Help us to be ready for the rapture. Help us to be ready. Help us to prepare those around us to share with them the need of Jesus Christ, that they too might come to know Christ as their Savior. Thank you for this time together this morning. Might you do your work in our life the way that you would see fit. We love you and ask this in your precious name. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Have a moment of invitation. God spoken to your heart. Encourage you to come. We're going to sing 306. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thy own way.
Betty Bain came um, maybe a month ago, and we were still in the midst of trying to get all this put together. And part of when she joined, she wanted to get rebaptized, and so I told her we'd be glad to do that. So she presented herself at that time. We voted on that. So she's going to go prepare for it. I'm going to prepare for it. Brother Charlie will need a song or two, and uh, so hopefully you don't have roast on. All right, let's all stand. 22, hymn number 22, are you washed in the blood?
Satan on your way to heaven? Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Step right up here. It's a pleasure to baptize thee, my sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, buried in the likeness of his death. Grace to walk in the unit of life. Hallelujah. Our God's a faithful God, even in the midst of cold water. Brother James. I usually have something funny to say, but there's nothing funny about that. that is... <laughs> All right, coming up, we have uh, out back, we have the church cleaning um, sign up sheet for 2024. Uh, this is an opportunity for everybody to be good stewards of God's property here, and uh, we appreciate it if you were able to sign up on that to help keep the church cleaned up here and in good shape. And then today is the last opportunity we have to uh, get your giving in for the uh, for 2023. So if you have a huge amount of taxes you need to care for and you want to uh, uh, get a big tax write-off today is to write the check for that. Uh, patch, uh, patch program will start up here in a couple of Wednesdays on the 10th. And then we have a chili cook-off coming up and our business meeting here at the church on the 31st. Uh, we'll look back at everything from 2023 and look forward towards the budget uh, for next year. And then coming up in February, we have the couples retreat. Uh, you can sign up for that. Uh, be a blessing to your family. And then uh, on Wednesday nights, as we go over the prayer request, that sheet will be cleaned off and uh, started over again. Uh, so uh, if you have prayer requests that you need to uh, keep on there or you'd like to submit those to uh, Brother Lalo, his email address is there in the bulletin, and you can get that uh, on the list there as well. Let's all stand as we're dismissed in prayer uh, today. Uh, Brother uh, Vizi, would you dismiss us in prayer this morning, please? Thank you.